0: Okay. okay. Good afternoon, everyone, and thank you for coming for this for coming to this very special session of Nursing Grand Rounds in this uh, big new auditorium. Uh, we also welcome our colleagues who are joining us online. And the focus of today's presentation is cursing in nursing, changing our language in the professional practice setting. At the conclusion of this activity, learners should be able to utilize strategies that will improve communication throughout our healthcare setting. Before we begin, I do have several brief announcements. After the program, you will receive an email from the Center for Learning and Professional Development. There'll be a link to our online evaluation. Uh, Please complete that, and within two weeks' time, your credit will be posted to your online transcript. We really appreciate your feedback, so encourage you to please um, send in that evaluation form <clears throat> if you're here um, be sure you've signed in and you must attend at least 80% of the program to receive your credit for those who are viewing online if you have any questions during the presentation you may e- email them to Judy Lang- Langhans who is here with us in the auditorium um, she'll be monitoring her email and will share your questions um, with Amanda at the end of the presentation, and her email is judith.m, as in May, dot Langhans, Langhans, at Hitchcock.org. Also, for folks viewing online, please email Judy within an hour of the completion of the presentation, and let her know that you did participate. She'll need your name, degree, and zip code. Um, There are instructions on how to access your online transcripts by the sign-in sheet here, or you can contact Judy directly for instructions. We want you to know that neither our speaker nor anyone on the planning committee has identified a financial interest or relationship with a commercial entity or any conflict of interest regarding this activity, and no one refused to disclose. So, at this time, I'm really happy to introduce our speaker, Amanda Fay. I think probably most folks here know Amanda. She's a house supervisor here at um, Dartmouth-Hitchcock, a former member of the nursing faculty at Colby-Sawyer College, and before that, a clinical nurse educator on one of our medical surgical units. So I've, she's done a lot of research on this area, in this area, and I understand she's um, posed to do more. So i um, anxious to hear what you've learned so far, and I'd like you to join me in welcoming Amanda here this afternoon.
1: the speaker, because I'm wearing a mic. Yes, I am wired. <laughs> so I just want to make sure, can everyone hear me OK? Mm-hmm. All right, can you hear me so I don't have to go like this? Yes, absolutely. All right, so you can hear me all right. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to, oh, hey, come on in. Thank you. <laughs> so oh, shutting the door, because I am going to be using language that is not necessarily appropriate for people wandering down the hallway. Now, um, that being said, I'm not going to be using language like in a triple X comedy show. So this is a presentation that's going to talk about how we use language and how can we use it better to improve our profession and ourselves. Now, what I want you to take away from this I want you to take away three things. I want you to be able to better understand what profanity does to your physiology, to your brain, to your body. I also want you to take away how it impacts your professional image, your professional practice, patient safety. But I also want you to take away creative strategies, on how to curse effectively, and people were like, "What?" <laughs> yes, my friends, you did hear me correctly. There are creative strategies on how to curse effectively. Now, let me give you a little bit of introduction about how I got interested in this. Now, I didn't just wake up one day and go, My God, it. I'm going to study cursing." That's just not the way it happened. It was actually. A progressive observation. As I started to watch and listen, I realized that our language is changing. When I was doing rounds and throughout my nursing career, I've heard, you know, expletives used, but I've noticed that they're being used more. Now, the first time it was used, I was like, "Whoa! All right, just a slip of the tongue." The second time I heard expletives used, still taken aback, but I thought it was an aberration. The third time I heard it used, I knew the coincidence was out, aberration was out, and this was becoming a pattern. And that got me curious. I wanted to know why. Why is this happening? What is the change? So that's what leads us into our talk. But I must warn you, you are going to hear words in this setting that you don't normally hear. Or you may. (laughs) But you just don't admit it. So that being said, if you are listening retroactively, if you are watching this from the continuing education page, please put your earphones in at this time because I know this is being recorded. And if you don't put your earphones in, be cognizant of your environment. If you're watching this at a nursing station, if you're watching this with small children, (laughs) be advised. We are talking about profanity. We are talking about cursing. So I have to also warn you, this is an interactive experiential mini workshop. Okay, good. I don't see many of you jumping up going, out of here. What I want you to do is I want you to get a visceral feel for profanity. I mean, you've all sworn at one time in your life. But it has effects on your physiology. And I truly want you to understand that. All right. We're going to take a pulse check. Now, what do I mean by a pulse check? I want you to be mindful and I want you to be with me. And I want you to feel what profanity does to you. So right now, close your eyes. Put your fingers on your radial pulse. Take a nice deep breath in. And out. Feel the thumb. Thumb, thumb, thumb. Or if you're like me right now, thumb, 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 (laughs) thumb, 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 thumb. (coughs) Take a nice deep breath in and out. You can open your eyes. You've just settled into yourself. Often we are so busy doing multiple things, we don't actually, we're not actually mindful of where we are and what's happening to us. So now you're at baseline. Now, I'm also going to say throughout this presentation, and it's going to sound like a non sequitur, I'm going to say be mindful. Pulse check. That means I'm going to be saying something that is possibly going to cause a change in your physiology. Okay. Let's go on. So let's review some of the language. Now, when we think about cursing, We think about cursing with foul language. (coughs) Do you notice how I combine the two? Cursing with foul language. Because cursing and foul language are different. They are often linked. But you can have cursing without foul language. And you can have just foul language. Now, foul language consists of taboo words. Taboo words are socially unacceptable words. They have to do with sex excretion, race, religion, and body parts. Now what you see up here, there we go. Oh, no, there we go. Trying to get the hang of the, there, all right, are some of them. Be mindful. You see shit, fuck, bitch, ass, We're missing cocksucker, motherfucker, and cunt. Be mindful. Now, these are socially unacceptable words. Now, if you remember George Carlin, they are part of the seven dirty words that are not allowed by the FCC. But that is changing. Actually, it has changed. Cursing. It is an explosion. It is a buildup of emotion. And that is a release. And often it's paired with taboo words, because taboo words have strong emotional resonance. So that's why they're often paired together. Now I'm going to propose the ability to curse, the ability to get out of motion, without using those taboo words, because taboo words with their strong emotional content affect us. Now the usage in our world. (coughs) How has it changed? How is it used? Oh, excuse me. Now what it is is media content, media exposure. So I'm going back. Now I'm going forward, just seeing if you're paying attention. Everybody paying attention? <laughs> Excellent. Media exposure. Now, we are inundated with, now when I talk about media exposure, we often used to think of it as TV, radio. No. We have a mini computer now living in our pocket. We are exposed through to our Twitter feed, our email, our Facebook. We are exposed via radio. Because a lot of us have serious or serious. I, I don't have it. So is it Serious, serious. Sirius. It's Sirius, Sirius. All right, thank you. So it's, it's broadcast directly to your car. So we, there's no holds barred. Media, constant exposure. Now, this is a great picture because it was brought to my attention by my 11-year-old son. We're in our local grocery store, and he knows I'm giving this talk because we often talk about language, and we talk about the power of language, and how language shapes us and our thoughts. And so I'm going, nah, 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 minding my own business, and he's like, mama, look. And I'm like, candy, no. He's like, no, it's not the candy. Look. There it was. The level of a four-year-old. A level that escaped my attention. I'm like, I know that they weren't referring to donkey-kicking women, right? So what is this? It's being allowed. Our culture is changing. The words that we use in everyday language that are allowable is changing. And how does that impact Our professional practice. How can that be detrimental? Now, (laughs) I also had this really great picture of the four-year-old walking away, because there was actually a four-year-old right in front of us. And (laughs) I'm estimating four years old. I didn't ask her mother. That would have been creepy. So (laughs) what that would have been perfect. But unfortunately, it didn't come out well. So here's the FCC. Now, I remember George Carlin's Seven Dirty Words, and I thought that it wasn't allowed. I am shocked. But our culture's changing. Here is the 2015 updated FCC based on the 2012 Supreme Court decision. Now, I find this very interesting, and that's why it's bolded and enlarged applying contemporary community standards. If we have pictures like this all around us, how are we changing how are we changing our contemporary community standards? Now in order to be excuse me just for a second, in order to be obscene, you must Fit all of these in order to be indecent I mean must be measured by contemporary community standards. On prime time, these words are not allowed between six and 10, but "ass is: be mindful and shit." Now I consider shit a gateway swear. It's like a gateway drug. You know? And I will tell you why in just a little bit. Now, usage can be occupational. In New Zealand, there was a study done. And they found that factory workers often used profanity in their everyday work. And that's how they bonded. And if they didn't use profanity, they weren't accepted. So. Physical laborers, that's an accepted form of communication. But let's think about nursing. Is profanity an acceptable form of communication? Should we take that everyday acceptable community standard into our professional practice? No. Why? We are rated by the Gallup poll of 2014 as the most trusted profession. 80% of Americans, 80% think that nurses have the highest integrity. How do we maintain that with our world changing the way it is? So why do we swear? There is always a why. Usually when I bring this up to people, I'm like, oh, did you hear about a person in nursing? People should just stop it. You can't just stop behavior. You need to investigate why. Why do people do things? Then you can get it to the heart of behavioral change. So often people view that it's my lifestyle. I've had people say this to me, and this is supported <laughs> by the literature. It's who I am. It's my personal life. Identity. Interesting. And I just like this picture because it's the evolution of the hipster. and amuses me. <laughs> Why else? Why else do we swear? Solidarity. It can create union. Now be mindful. When you say, so say someone walks up to, you know, you're in a pub, and someone says, Those fucking blue jays were fucking awesome. And then the other person says, Woo, you're fucking right.
0: (laughs) Right? Solidarity.
1: Now, I'm going to teach you how to create solidarity through cursing. Effective cursing. Productive cursing. Positive. Now, we also swear... Because we have a lot of emotion. We are beings comprised of emotion. We react because of our emotions. We buy detergent because it makes us happy. Right? It's not, I mean, unless you're like my husband buying the cheapest brand, <laughs> you buy laundry detergent because it makes you happy. You associate it with a style, with a story. It's emotion. We swear. We curse. We use taboo words to express ourselves. Now, that can also have a cathartic effect. That can help release. And I'm going to teach you guys how to do that effectively, safely, to create solidarity. And if we often and if, excuse me, and if we also help each other identify emotion, what a better place we can create. Why else do we swear? We swear because of aggression, because of anger, because our voices aren't heard. We swear because we lose control, and we need to get it back. I've seen this on the floors. People swear because their patients' needs aren't being met, because they're afraid that the patients aren't getting the care that they need. And then that anger turns towards the patients. So we swear because we have lost our voices. But we can get that back. Now, what happens to our brain and our bodies when we curse? Now, here's our bodies on, you know, our brain on on cursing. Now, what happens when you curse? Your amygdala is aroused, it's activated. It initiates the fight or flight response. Hormones are flooding your body. So, you know, when you get really, so I've had people tell me, I like swearing, it makes me feel good. Right? It's because of those hormones, that release, that adrenaline. But it also affects those around you. Now what happens is your heart rate increases, your respiratory rate increases, and they've actually done skin valence testing, and you become slightly diaphoretic. It's very interesting. Now when people swear, what I want you to think about is when I was just swearing, You notice any time I said, be mindful, pulse check, I was bringing awareness to the times I was using language that was outside the norm. Here I am up here teaching, up here giving a lecture, talking to you guys,
0: and I'm using profanity. (laughs) Your
1: brain automatically has to interpret whether I'm safe or unsafe, fight or flight, right? But because I provide rationale, I'm safe. I wanted you to think about what your bodies were doing. Because it is a fascinating process. So you interpret. And say I didn't ask you to reflect. Say I didn't bring attention to that. And I just began to swear. And you determined that I was unsafe, initiated that stress response that is processed and stored in your memory. Those negative emotions, that negative feeling is then associated with me. What's crazy about memory is it doesn't always, especially when it's stored in this fashion, is it doesn't remember context. All it remembers is that I made you feel bad. And you link the swear with negative emotions. Now, anybody that we encounter who elicit negative emotions within us, we aren't really drawn to them, are we? I mean, it's not like, you make me feel bad, man." <laughs> no, it's usually,
0: whatever.
1: Now, it is funny. We let this little nut control our lives. We aren't, aren't even aware of it. This little nut will control our lives because it's a survival mechanism. But what we need to do is become more aware, more mindful. Now, this is the interactive part. Right, just get the groaning out, because usually people groan at this point. <laughs> I like, go, oh, what? They want to be interactive. And, folks who are remote, it's going to be interactive. So what we're going to do, we're going to swear and be mindful of how our bodies react. Now you've experienced me swearing at you. You've experienced it coming from out. Now experience it coming from within. We're going to start with the low-end swear. We're going to start with a gateway of swearing It's going to be a little weird. I'm just going to let you know that. It's going to be a little awkward, because it's out of context. So if it makes you feel better, close your eyes. Some people feel better. (laughs) If it does, do it. But at the count of three, I want you to all say shit out loud. So you ready? You ready? Yeah? Come on, come on, give it to me. Come on, tell me you're ready. Are you ready? ready. All right. So one, two, three, shit.
0: Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done,
1: people. So did you feel it? So close your eyes. Let's do a pulse check. Heart's up. Do you feel different than when you originally did your pulse check? Feel a little awkward, like you kind of want to like giggle and squirm. You're like me, you are making
0: me swear in front of my students. <laughs> are
1: you kidding? I made Colby Sawyer. Yeah, that was yesterday. Everyone swore. It was great. But there's a difference. So now you've felt what it's like to be sworn at. And now you know what it feels to swear, how your body reacts. Now, what is the impact that this has on nursing? Now, here you go, someone you respect in a professional setting. You're at work, not at the pub, not at a ball game. You're not arguing over the chicken leg at Thanksgiving, if that's, you know, if you use that kind of language at home. So what happens? You watch. You watch people. And then all of a sudden, they swear, shit, fuck, in the professional setting. Your perception of them changes oh, <laughs> <laughs> completely. And what happens is it's, it's not a conscious decision. They have activated your amygdala. They have deter- you have evaluated beep, 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 unsafe. But also, because they violated your expectancy, they violated their professional code, your trust, you have now determined that they're uneducated. Now, you don't say this consciously to yourself. I've now determined that they're uneducated. No. Subconscious. That they're incompetent, untrustworthy. Now, when people swear, it deters people from approaching them because it has elicited negative emotions. Swearing changes the message for the receiver. The patient in 302 needs pain meds. The fucking patient in 302 needs pain meds. One thing changed. One word. But did you receive the message the same? No. But what's funny is for people who it's their lifestyle, they're habituated to swearing. And so we have to bring that awareness to them, And we'll talk a little bit more about that. No, actually, I want to go back. How does this impact our practice? This is a huge patient safety issue. This can be detrimental to patients. Because if physicians see that you swear, now I'm venting, I'm at the nursing station, right, in my magic bubble,
0: right? There's a magic
1: bubble around the nursing station, right? Where no one hears. No, there's no magic bubble around the nursing station. No magic bubble. So, but I'm at the nursing station, and I, I'm frustrated. I have challenging patients. I'm pulled in 18 different directions. I'm working in a very complex environment, and I need to let it out. So I go and I vent to my, my colleague. Goddamn son of a bitch, you know. Two oh six. I just swear. Fucking pharmacy. <laughs> My med didn't get there for seven hundred and fifty years. Of course, that's an exaggeration, but that's how sometimes it feels. You're venting. You're frustrated, but people are walking by you. Providers hear. They see you. Patients and families hear you. Because there's no magic bubble. So what happens? So providers see you, swear, and you go up with a patient safety concern. You're like, you know what? Uh, Excuse me, Dr. So-and-so, the patient in 103 has been having uh, mental status changes, acute mental status changes, and their left pupil is blown. You'll be dismissed. You're incompetent. Now, the provider doesn't. (laughs) You know, go, you're incompetent. They remember it is in them. It has been stored. When you swore, they don't remember the context. They don't remember if you know you're, someone ate your lunch, and that's why you're swearing. They just remember that you swore. And they attach that negative emotion to you. And you're incompetent. You're untrustworthy. What The information is It reliable. You're viewed as uneducated. And what's crazy is that providers go to multiple floors. And when they hear swearing on one floor, they then categorize and determine that that whole floor is incompetent, untrustworthy, and uneducated. Because we represent as nurses, we represent the whole profession, our whole floor. <coughs> it's very interesting. Now, it could lead to a patient's death, once swearing, swearing, at you know at the wrong time, in a public place. It could ruin the relationship that you build with your patients. There's no magic bubble around the nursing station, they can hear. So I challenge you all to sit in a patient's room and listen. They can hear everything. So there you go, outside you vent. They can hear you. You've just shattered that therapeutic relationship. Family members walk by. You're not trustworthy. So how can we change that? Because cursing is not going away. The frustrations are not going away. We are working in an increasingly complex, challenging environment. And we are emotional beings. We, that's our core. I don't know if they tried to train you in nursing school that we are not emotional beings. Like, there's no pride in nursing, right? Some of us have heard that. Yeah. So oh, not true. So how do we change our practice? Euphemisms. We change our practice by changing our language. Euphemisms, some people are concerned that euphemisms are just substitutes for swear words, for taboo words. Yes and no. Because euphemisms have a different effect on the brain. They are not Late to those negative emotions. In fact, you can create some really great euphemisms. Some funny euphemisms. You can change the way your brain, the way you think. If you're really frustrated and you create a really funny euphemism, something absurd, you can change your mood. So here we have some regional ones. James is Pro! right? We've all heard that. Only Toledo, that's a little Midwestern. I've been trying to find more southern ones. I, haven't, I, I would like to collect them from all over the United States. So if anybody has any suggestions, please email me because I would love to hear it. Now we've got retro. You can go retro by Jiminy. Heavens to Bessie. Gosh, gracious, my golly. (laughs) My faves, sweet Moses, Jiminy crickets, right? Holy moly. And I just like the word pickles. And I think (laughs) monkeys combined with pickles, it's a combination that you can't lose. So when you go, funky pickles. Right? So I'm going to so be mindful. Motherfucker! Hunky pickles! <laughs> right? Same tone. Different feeling. And do it yourself. Flaming bananas. Sweet tonka trucks of doom. That's not up there, but I just made it up. <laughs> Dancing hobo shoes. Lady eyes of Betty Crocker! <laughs> Obviously, there was cake mix on my, on my counter <laughs> I when I was making this up. You can make up your own euphemisms, make it creative. When you laugh, your cortisol decreases, your endorphins increase, your perspective shifts, you change your brain. Now, if you want a really good, creative person who makes up the best euphemisms, if you've ever seen any of Will Ferrell's work, you will know he is the king. (laughs) So let's feel it. Now, ooh, I got to bring my bell. Because going to do, we're going to change our language to change our thinking, and we're going to practice. You're going to choose one of the provided euphemisms. Now I want to up the ante. I want you to say the big guns. I was going to say, how do you say shit? I I want you to say the big guns. The big F word. Of course, that's a euphemism for (laughs) <laughs> Fire truck, right? <laughs> but I want you to feel it. Because the F word is the big Got some strong consonants. All oh, the motion behind that word. So then switch it. So choose a euphemism. Take a moment. Think of a euphemism. Has everybody thought of a euphemism? Everybody euphemismed up? It's a small crowd, so I can see you all. <laughs> all right, everybody euphemismed up? Hold oh, well, on, I can't see. What? Yes. yes. All right, thank you. So on the count of three, you're going to say the big gums. Don't worry she can't see you. <laughs> One, two, three, fuck. Oh, you guys are like, Is she going to say it first? <laughs> Is she drinking us?
0: You're like, oh.
1: All right, you know what? We're going to say it again. So I want <laughs> you to feel it. You guys are like, you guys can close your eyes. All right, <laughs> you guys ready? Take a nice deep breath in, <sighs> ready, one, two, three, Five. fuck, feel it, all right, now, one, yo, I forgot to tell you what to do, now you're going <laughs> to say your euphemism, one, two, three, shut Fire's the shut door, shut <laughs> the front door, <laughs> Do you notice the difference? Did you feel the difference? And you know what's funny? Is when you hear other people say it, it's like, even though you're saying it yourself, now that you're more aware, it's like, ooh. Oh. Because you're more aware of your body's reaction. Good job, guys. Very brave. Very brave. Now, I propose the utilization of the blue room. Now, what is the Blue Room? It is not this space. This is the nursing station. And there is no magic bubble around the nursing station. So that being said, never, never, ever, never, 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 ever, never, 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 infinity swear around the nursing station, in the nursing station, outside the nursing station, anywhere that a patient walks or a family walks, don't swear. (laughs) Easy. Where can you swear? Ah, the blue room. Now, it's not officially a room that's blue. So you don't have to find a room that's painted blue. It's a space that's safe. It's an enclosed space with a closed door. But if you use a clean utility room with another door, just make sure there's no one else there. All right? Where do I find good blue rooms? The medication room is a great space. You're alone. It's enclosed. You can see when someone's coming in. Now, what do you do in the blue room? Just go in. (laughs) You swear. You let out those frustrations. You go into that blue room. You go into that safe room. And that's where you have your temper tantrum. That's where you have your self-cathartic moment. You go in and you go, (coughs) let me recommend. If you go into a safe room with a window, do not face towards. Because there's nothing worse than seeing this. That will get you a cold white, most likely. Because <laughs> they think that you're seizing in the bedroom. So do it away. Don't do it loud. The bathroom's a great space. That's where you're like, ma! You let that out. That emotion. And then switch it up. So if you're like, god damn, son of a motherfucker! Fucking stomach bitch flaming monkey shoes. (laughs) It changes. You go into the swear and then you turn it into a funny. You use those euphemisms. You train yourself to use euphemisms to change your brain, change your mood. Now, this is a behavioral change. This doesn't just happen overnight. You don't just leave here and go, I will never swear again (laughs) or expect other people to do it. It's a gradual change. And sometimes you do strong emotions. And we deal an environment of strong emotions, not necessarily our own, a complex environment. And sometimes you have to get that out through taboo words. But don't let those taboo words rule you. You have control. So use the euphemisms to improve your mood and change your perspective. Now, what is, I mentioned, your own personal cathartic release moment. Now, you can also have this with a buddy. Now, before you reach this point, we've all been there, right? Hopefully, we haven't looked this back. It's like, Ugh. You establish, so you say, I need a moment. Well, who do you say this to? Your buddy. You established a buddy system, someone you trust. And to change our culture, we will be able to trust everyone. We will be able to connect with everyone on our floors. And I'll be able to say, dude, I am a moment," And you go, all right, let's go to the blue room. It's code. The patients and families don't need to know. No one else needs to know. So then we go into the the safe blue room, and you get listened to. Your buddy listens. They're present. Now, this is a timed moment. This is not an extended release, 30 minutes, on and on and on. No. This is limited, 15 to 30 seconds timed you get that out it's verbal diarrhea your frustrations and then your buddy is fully there how often during the day do we have someone who's fully present for us right how often are we there fully present for ourselves so as my buddy you're there for me fully engaged Active listening. Not like, because I mean, we got so many things. No. Those 30 seconds were there. But you, as the buddy, you remind the person who needs the cathartic moment time. Because they could probably go on. But you limit it, you allow them those moments time. Now switch it up. And you see how I say it? I say it with compassion, with love. Now switch it up. Now what do I mean by switch it up? Change it to the euphemism. Make up some funnies. Blazing hobo shoes. <laughs> Whatever. Dancing ivy bottles of doom. Hopefully our IV bottles are not filled with doom. But make up things. Now, what is it to make up a euphemism? You really need an adjective, a noun, and a verb. Or just string random things together. It's like a mad loop. It's great. So let's recap. Now, I really enjoy this picture because we live in a very, we live and we work in a very stressful environment. And everything can be falling apart around us. Everything can be collapsing. Lunch can be a far dream. You're looking at people's limbs and you're thinking, I could eat that. <laughs> you know, you're like, your arm looks pretty tasty. <laughs> the world is falling apart around you, or so it seems. But when you establish a buddy, when you establish this kind of culture, and you look at someone across the room and you're like, oh, and you just lock eyes, they're like, Gives you hope. You've got something. So the cathartic release. Now, the key phrase. It's like an in phrase. I need a moment. Or do you have 30 seconds? You can use either. The buddy system. I recommend starting with some strategic buddies. But then switch it up. Because that's how a culture's changed. Because then you know people, everybody's going to be wanting to get in on this. A designated blue room. So what's your buddy's role? Active listening. Providing structured venting. Transition with creative euphemisms. That's where the change it up. Change it up. It's time to change it up to change perspective. To get out of that funk. Ah! Facilitate solidarity. Because you've been with me. I know you have my back. So when I see you out and about, we may just do the nod. And no, you got my back. And that changes a culture. So let's feel it. So okay, ready? Buddies, 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 right behind you. Buddies. Oh, this is going to be challenging. <laughs> buddies, buddies, you go over and play over there. Buddies, buddies. Buddies. Buddies? You and I could be buddies. (laughs) All right, so how are we going to feel this? Now, does everybody have their buddies? Raise your hand. I want to make sure everybody's got buddies. Buddies, 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 buddies. Anybody without buddies? All right, right. good. Now, we want to feel being present and get engaged in active listening. So this is gonna be kind of a quiet thing. But we wanna be engaged. Our bodies tell so much. They actually communicate more than our words. Our words can hurt, as I've described, and they can you know affect us physiologically. But the way that we're present. So, oh no. So what we're gonna do we're just going to say hi. Right? Something we say every day. But we're going to mean it. Because usually I love it when people go, how are you doing? I'm like, well, my hemorrhoids has been acting up. All day and I don't care. Right? We ask things. We say things, but we don't really mean it. So when I look, when we look at each other, we're going to be present, and our tone high, friendly, compassion, love. You guys ready? <laughs> so on the count of three. One, two, three. High. High <laughs> Very nice. Do you guys feel that? The high. One simple word, but the presence, the being there. Now, how do we change our culture? Now, we all, we have to hold each other accountable. When we hear that there are, you know, we hear people around us using these taboo words, by walking away, we allow it. So we have to hold people accountable, but with compassion, because they might be frustrated. They might be angry. So if you find that someone's swearing, you can be like, "Ooh." Mm. I usually do it with humor. I'm like, "Oh language," <laughs> <laughs> you know. And i found that people don't even—they're like, "Shit! I didn't even know I was swearing." <laughs> I was like. Yeah. <laughs> really? Is shit to swear? Yes. It's one of those, you know, it's a gateway swear, but it's still it's a swear, yes. So bringing awareness to this, especially people who their normal language has visualized that kind of verbiage. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be a little uncomfortable saying, hey, ooh, ooh, but you know what? Think about why they're swearing. Are you frustrated? Do you need a moment? Now, when you start this, people are going to be like, What's well, a moment? <laughs> Am I in trouble? No. 30 seconds. Can no, I to the blue room? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to the blue room. I <laughs> was <What happens> there. <laughs> safe stuff. Because what happens in the blue room stays in the blue room. It's safe, it's a venting area. Now, I've been asked, I, how do I change a culture? That is too big, too much. I can't do that. Oh, yeah, you can. Now you're not going to go on top of you know, the organization and be like, I'm changing the organization, and then do your jazz hands. You change what you can. You have control over this area of you, of what you expect, of what comes into your space the language that people use around you, the language that you use. What do you have influence over? All the people that you have contact with. People will see the compassion that you have, the creativity, how you create solidarity, how you don't allow unprofessional behavior. And what's great about this picture is we think that this is not much,
0: but it's so much. It's like a small stone in a pond, and then the ripples just go out and
1: out and out. Exactly. And that's what's fabulous. That is what's fabulous. Because what happens is someone will float to your floor, and they'll go, dude, they have this thing called a moment. (laughs) I want my moment. Now you're my buddy. (laughs) Whoa, I don't know if it was this buddy thing. And it will grow. And I want you to remember that words have power. You have power. You can change your environment. I just keep clicking.
0: Thank you, guys. Thank you so much.
1: You guys have any questions, concerns, evil rumors? (laughs) Good job. Thank you.